This month, this series is Vision 2019. So what we're doing is uh, we, we, we're taking one aspect of what we do as a church and focusing in on it. Um, the first week, we really looked back to 2018 and looked at a lot of uh, different stats and things that, come, come on, the wins from last year. Uh, two of the major wins was, number one, that 700 people made a decision to follow Jesus. Uh, just under two, 700 people, come on. That is incredible. And out of those 700 people, we had another 140 people that, uh, that decided to take their next steps in baptism. So 140 people were baptized last year, and we're excited about that. And uh, in, in case you don't know, those two things, like people making a decision to follow Christ and taking their next steps, that's sort of what we do, <laughs> okay? That's sort of the point of all that we do is that God, uh, you know, what he did through Jesus, uh, paying the price for our sin and, and making a way to heaven through Jesus, that, that's sort of a big deal to humanity, and <laughs> it's the, the biggest deal, and it's what we believe in, and we know that God wants us to continue to push that message forward. And so that's what we're doing, and today, we're, uh, last week, sorry, we talked about missions. So we've looked at uh, church planning, how many churches we have been a part of planning globally um, and, and as well as nationally. Uh, you know, we're a part of, of Surge and, and ARC. And in case you maybe missed that last week, I'd encourage you to go back and look because here's the deal. Sometimes you kind of forget all of the things that you're a part of unless you put them all together at one time and talk through it. <laughs> That's what we did last week with missions. We looked at um, all the, the, the churches that we helped out, um, all of the people that we helped out. We, we were able to do some incredible things, especially in December through our Serve Your City projects and also uh, just helping people around the, the city. One instance, for instance, we, we found out about there's about 17 families that were uh, on, about to be evicted. Um, like literally, I mean, we're all, you know, most of us, we're, we're thinking about our presence and uh, getting together with family. Our biggest frustration is we didn't cook the food right, okay? And there's other people who are literally on the, the doorstep. I mean, they're about to get kicked out their house. And we were able to pay for them to be caught up. So that way they did not have to worry about that this month at least, come on. You know, and, and so we were able to do that. One thing I wanna, I wanna encourage you with, I feel like just God really did a work in my heart of the last few years in, in regards to the problems that we see. Okay, well, there's a lot of problems, there's a lot of issues. And uh, the, for me personally, sometimes the issues are so big, you feel like you can't fix them, okay? And, and actually that's exactly right, you can't. And so what that causes some of us to do is just take our foot off the gas and say, well, if I can't fix it, what's the point of being involved in it? Honestly, it's, it's kind of what happens. And, um, and one thing that we've been saying is that, you know what, we might not be able to fix all the problems, but we can definitely, in the name of Jesus, affect those problems and help those people where they're at. Amen? And so, so don't let the whole, well, it's bigger than me, I can't really do anything, uh, take you out of the fight, take you out of the, the serve. But realize, like, no, we can affect, guess what, Gulfport. We can affect Wiggins. We can affect Long Beach. We can affect South Mississippi. It's where we live, right? So come on, that's what we believe. It's what we're passionate about. And um, so that's what we did last week. And this week, um, we're gonna be, again, talking about next steps. Uh, here at Northwood Church, one of our, I guess our culture, cultural things here is we believe in taking next steps. Uh, not only physically, like taking next steps in what we're doing and, and growing and, and, you know, whether it's our family or our businesses, taking next steps. We also believe in taking next steps in our faith and also taking next steps in the local church. And uh, it's, it's just, it's what we talk about. It's what we believe in. And I'm gonna preface everything by saying this. Today, as I speak about what we do, who we are, what we're doing, what we do is not very complicated, all right? 
At Northwood Church, we're not a complicated church. We don't have 75 things happening, and you, every time you look around, there's something else that you, oh, yeah, oh, you know what I'm talking about sometimes? It's, it's almost like your kid's school. <laughs> I have a seven-year-old, and in the school, I mean, it's great what they do. It's, it's awesome. We'd love to be a part of it, but it's still, like, every other week, she's, like, learning songs, and there's always something going on, which is great. I'm not ripping. I'm just saying, do you ever feel like, oh, my gosh, another program? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. I love to watch my kid. Don't get me wrong, but... Wow, there's a, another one. Okay, here we go. And uh, we don't, you know, let's, let's not complicate church. Come on. Like God's been very, very simple with what, the, what he's given us to do. And we're going to get into that in a moment. And let's not continue to add barnacles to the ship, okay? Um, let, let's keep it streamlined and clean and simple. And, and that's what I want to share with you today is what, what who are we? Who, who's Northwood Church? What are we doing? And how can you be a part? Now, if you've been kind of trying to get to next steps class over the last few months and maybe you just missed those Sundays. Great news today, right here in this place, like when you're watching and listening, you're going to the next steps class. All right. So by the end of today, um, you will not have to say, man, I, I really need to go to next steps. I just, that sounds really good. Today it's going to happen. All right. And, and my goal today is again, to tell you and communicate to, to you who we are as a church and, and what we're doing and how you could be a part. Um, now, if you've been here for a while and you're like, I know all of that, please don't turn the switch off. Because there's a couple of things that we need to be reminded of when it comes to the church is, is the fact that Jesus is our savior. If he didn't do what he did, there's nothing that we could do in order to get right with God. It was, it's impossible by grace. Come on, you know, the, that's kind of a big deal. All right, we cannot, that can't get old to us as believers. We can't just, okay, yeah, give me something else. That is the something else. That is the everything. Paul in the, in the Bible, he said, I got really nothing else much to talk about other than Christ crucified. Everything else is good, but this is the main thing. And so that's what we're gonna continue to preach and teach and, and, and focus on. But also, uh, you know, we, we can't forget about the gospel, but we can't forget about what we're doing. Like what we're doing and why we're doing it. Guys, listen, you know, growing up, I knew what I believed. I really did. I knew what I believed. But there was a lot of, in a lot of cases, I didn't know why I believed it. <laughs> I didn't know why. I, I knew what I believed. A lot of us, we know a lot of things about our nation, but we don't like know how, like why. How did it get to this place? We just say, yeah, <laughs> forward on Facebook. And, but like, what about the why? That adds value and actually is the whole reason that the what exists. And so, so we might know what we're doing, but we gotta know why we're doing it. Because if we miss that, then we're just religious. We're just following rules and regulations with no purpose. And uh, come on, that's not what we're about. Amen? Go with me? All right. So let's, let's kind of get into what we're gonna talk about today, who we are. If this is your first time here, or maybe you've only been around for a little while, you're kind of like, this is cool, but like, how do we get where we're at? What is this church about? Well, well here's the deal. Uh, Northwood Church was actually Northwood Christian Center, and it was started back in the 70s and moved here to O'Neill Road, the first location, moved here to, to, uh, to O'Neill Road in 1980 and, and uh, building two right here on the Gulfport location. That was actually the first building here. And what's awesome about that is some of the men and women that, that built building two are still in this church today, which is so incredible. I love it. I, look, I love looking out each week and, and seeing faithful people who have been here for 
like longer than I've been alive, okay? And that's really incredible. And so, but, uh, but that's where it was at. And it's 1980 here at O'Neill Road. And um, meanwhile, my parents, uh, Van and Jan Cody, they had gotten saved in 1980, right? It's 1980. So, um, so man, they start following Jesus and they actually, uh, dad went on staff as associate pastor at a church in Gonzales, Louisiana. That's where uh, I was born in Baton Rouge and, uh, and grew up in Gonzales until I was four. And so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Cajun, but I'm also... I'm also like a Mississippian at the same time, so I'm kind of confused, but I'm, I know what my priorities are. I am an LSU fan and a Saints fan, so I, I, at least I got that right, you know? Um, I think that I could say anything about the Saints and this whole place is just gonna explode. Like, bro, who that? It, like, it just comes up, boo that! You know? <laughs> We're just, ugh, can't wait, 205, can't come quick enough. So, uh, by the way, if you're going to the game, I just wanna go ahead and just let you know that uh, what you need to do is yell really loud from the end of the play till there's about 15 seconds left on the game clock because Rams, they run a certain offense that that's actually where you need to yell. So make noise at that time. And if you're in your house, just go ahead and just like yell anyway because we need all the help we can get. Come on, it's gonna be good though. All right, so kind of got off track there, but that mattered for somebody in the room. I don't know. Um, but so... <laughs> Okay, I'm back. I got it now. Um, so in 1989, uh, our family actually moved here to, uh, to take the church. My dad took the lead pastor role here at Northwood Church. And um, in 1989, things were really just jamming. Uh, there was 25 people and about $100,000 in debt. So things were looking up, to say the least. Okay. I'm being sarcastic, it was not looking up. Things were not really good, uh, but there were some faithful people. And so uh, God sent our family here and uh, uh, dad began to preach and teach and, and lead and God began to build his church. Uh, you know, one thing that we've got to realize, guys, is that uh, we're faithful servants, okay? We are, we're, we're obeying God, but at the end of the day, God is what brings the increase. God is what brings the results. Um, and actually, it's a really uh, great place to live, okay? If, if you are being a good steward, and you're, you know, as a believer, if you're being faithful to the things that God has called you to be faithful to, um, you know, when it comes to the results, like, I mean, you do have something, to, a part to play, but you also don't take full credit for that. Here's the deal. If you take credit for, for the good results, you also have to take credit for the bad results, right? And, and that's a trap because, uh, because again, with the church, God brings the increase. And so we trust that God is, is in control of the church. He's in control of everything that we see. He is sovereign, okay? And so, so anyway, we begin to build and, and grow and, and the church begin to move. And so uh, in 2003, we started our second location up in Wiggins, up in God's country. And... Um, and uh, oh, a couple, yeah, yeah, a couple of Wiganites. Here we go. Come on. And um, so, uh, actually, if you go north on, on Highway 49, uh, it is on the east side of Highway 49 up there on top of a hill. And that's our, our second location that we, we eventually built. And God began to move, continue to grow uh, at the church. And so, in 2014, we started our third location over in Long Beach. And uh, so Long Beach is uh, five years old, just turned five in a couple months. And so Long Beach is doing great, growing. We're excited. Matter of fact, that was one of the things we talked about a couple of weeks ago is that uh, we knew that the auditorium was going to be a pinch point at that location. And sure enough, it is. And so we've got plans and we're moving forward with figuring out how we can build an auditorium right there on that property and, you know, maybe get it around, around a 500 seat auditorium or so. We're excited about that and looking forward to that. So, uh, and everybody in Long Beach is like, Yay! <laughs> it's tight. It's, uh, 
Anyway, so, so we're excited about that, and we're excited about that third location. And then, um, you know, my dad was lead pastor here for many years, and about four years ago or so, it became very clear that his time as lead pastor was coming to a close. And so, um, so long story short, a year ago, actually just a couple of weeks ago, a year ago, um, I stepped into lead pastor role here at Northwood Church, and 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 very grateful to to step into a role that uh, someone else really, really paved the way for. You know, one thing that I, I really think that our, our nation really needs to lean back into is generational blessings and, and, and not just every generation having to start a whole new path, but literally just building on what has already been established, you know, right? You see what I'm saying? And, um, and we're gonna talk a little bit about that as one of our values being generational. But uh, for the last year, that, that's been what we've been doing. And, and so looking to this year and, and the coming years, we're looking to go again to the fourth location over in Ocean Springs. We're excited about that um, because we believe that God has, has tooled us up and equipped us to continue to take more ground and, and, and spread his kingdom uh, through what he's doing in our church. And so, um, so we're excited about that. And so today, I, that's kind of the backstory. But but what about the what about the now? Okay. Well, as far as our staff goes, we are uh, we're kind of like a staff led church. All right. So we have six staff pastors, and who are also on the teaching team. And some of you, if you've been here for a few times, maybe you've seen there's different guys that teach every week or or every couple of weeks, and uh, in all of our locations, and we have a teaching team. We have six men who go and, and ro- rotate through all of our locations. We preach the same message uh, just at different locations. And every now and then we live feed like we're doing today, but we don't do it uh, that often. Uh, we're doing it twice this month because of vision, but, but we just kind of rotate it, we move around. And that's also how we're gonna teach over in Ocean Springs is with this teaching team. Uh, it's such a blessing um, to have six guys who are united and uh, there's no power struggle. There's no you know fighting for the, the limelight, but we're humble and we realize that that, uh, man, together we're a great team that can really do something wonderful together versus this whole, like, number one point person that all, you know, the credit and the glory or the, not the glory, <laughs> goes to one person. No, no, we're a team. And uh, so we're excited about that. I'm excited to have that team. And I know that you guys love that rotation and seeing all these different guys uh, teach. So we're going to continue to do that. But, um, but we have six staff. And, and by the way, I, I do love saying this, that between those six staff pastors, there's like 140 years of Northwood Church attendance, which I think is cool. You know, uh, yeah. For those of you that are kind of struggling with the math there, that means that accumulatively, all six of us guys have, have been a part of Northwood Church for 140 years, okay? And what that means is that um, there's not a lot of hirelings running around. There's not a bunch of guys that are using this as a stepping stone to get somewhere else. Um, we're here. And we're, we're, we're sowing into the kingdom together. And so anyway, so that's, that's sort of our staff. It's sort of where we're at. And I want to make sure that I'm actually remaining in, on the, the, the scope and sequence here. Uh, yes, the next thing is this. I want to talk to you about our culture. Now, that's a word that, that some of us might not be aware of. Like, what do you mean when you say our culture? But every family, every organization, every business, every restaurant, any, any place where a bunch of people come together in, in one, one room, there's a feel, there's a culture, and it's made up of the people, of the personalities, you know, all those things, but, but it's also made up of the values. And it's sort of like a restaurant. You go in the restaurant, within like 10 seconds, you're already feeling that place. Whether the host stares at you with this awkward look of just like, what do you need? 
right? Like something versus like, hey, how can I help you? Does it smell good? Okay, all of those things come together to create this culture. But one of the other things is the values. What matters in that, that, that group of people? And so I wanna share with you quickly uh, five values that we really operate by. These, these values permeate a lot of our decision-making. It, uh, it permeates throughout the way that we, we run things here at the church. And uh, I wanna let you know about them. Number one is this, is we have a value of excellence. And this is how we word it. We relentlessly pursue excellence by maximizing the resources that God has given us. Uh, perfectionism will drive you insane, but you can be excellent, all right? You might not have a lot of money, but you can have excellent finances. You'll get what I'm saying? So as a church, we use what God has given to us to steward people, resources, whatever it is, and, and, and vision, and we, we, we want it to be excellent. We want it to, to work well and, and operate well. And uh, that takes a lot of work to, to do that well. All right, and uh, to do it with excellence. And so that's one of our values. The next value is faithfulness. We're dedicated wholeheartedly to a lifestyle of consistent faithfulness. Consistent would be a big word there because you could do anything for a couple of years. Like, honestly, you can kind of just tough it out. A lot of people in marriage, that's what it is. It's like, you know, two years, three years, and it's like, whoo, all right? But to be consistently faithful to one another Man, it, it takes a lot of work. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I was at a wedding, and um, it was a really cool moment. Um, they, they had like a song played, and they invited everybody up to the dance floor to who had been there for who had been married for five years or less. So you had some couples come out and kind of start dancing. You know, you got the guys that they've never danced before, so they're just like, you know. The, the woman's, and they're just like, uh, you know, that was me. But <laughs> anyway, but it was this cool moment, five years and 10 years, 20 years. And then uh, it got up to, to 67 years. And this one couple stood up and walked out and they were older people and everybody stopped and clapped and honored them because y'all, <laughs> to be married for 67 years, come on, you deserve a standing ovation at the least. And you know what I was thinking? Yeah, what I was thinking was how many ups and downs did they go through? How many good days and bad days, and they stuck it out, and they loved each other through those, those hard times. Why or how? They were consistently faithful to one another. And uh, as a church, as a family, we want to be consistently faithful to one another, but we want to be consistently faithful to the call that God has upon us, the purpose that he's given us. And so the next thing is unity. We passionately stand together as one while remaining uniquely diverse as individuals. One thing you're not gonna experience here at Northwood Church is uniformity, which is you have to talk, walk, dress, beep, boop, boop. This is what a Northwoodian looks like, beep. You know, I, we, we, we try to look at what does a believer in Christ look like, all right, biblically, because outside of that, man, you're gonna get a whole lot of different backgrounds, a whole lot of different personalities. And, uh, and so I think you, you, diversity is awesome. I think that it's, uh, it's God's way. Um, I really feel like if our nation would continue to remember that, that diversity is actually what makes this nation so awesome, I think that there would be a lot of situations that would kind of go away to a certain extent, all right? Some disagreements, it's like, hey, you know, we all want peace, we all want unity, we just have different ways of looking at how to attain that. And uh, man, we need to embrace that and actually work some things out. But this isn't a political speech, so I'm gonna keep moving on, all right? But uh, anyway, unity is super important. By the way, it's, it's something where there's unity, God commands the blessing, his favor is upon it. And as a church, come on, we want the favor of God upon what we do, we want his presence and everything that we do. And sometimes, we most of the time, we have a part to play in that. There's never been a church split here at Northwood Church, and by God's grace, there will never be one. Why? Because we value unity. We value that above proving a point, 
All right, so unity. Number, number th- uh, four is radical. We unapologetically progress in our methods and approach to how we do church in order to reach people. Guys, look, the methodology of anything, honestly, in life is gonna change. But the message for what the church is about, the core message of Jesus and, and uh, his redemption you know, through the cross, that is never gonna change. That's gonna be consistent. But you know what? At times, we might use a video camera. At times, we might use a small group, right? Like the, the way that things, the methods at which we uh, 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 communicate the gospel will change. Those methods will, but the message does not. And so, guys, look, whatever comes down the pipe, uh, if it could be used for the glory of God, we're going to use it. I mean, come on, I, we're, we're using the AC right now, sort of, in here. It's a little bit hot, but we're using it for the glory of God, right? Because if there was no AC in here, <clears throat> none of us would be up in here. <laughs> like, let's go outside. But, uh, but come on, we, we utilize whatever it is at the moment in order to uh, advance the kingdom of God. The fifth thing, and this is what I was referring to earlier, is generational. We're intentionally building and preparing for the success of future generations. The thing I love about this core value is that it's not something that we just say And it's not something that we've said for a long time. It's something that we are. This is a generational church. Um, What's awesome is a lot of the kids that grew up in our kids' ministry are now leading the church. That's incredible. And you can't just do that in two years. Try 30 years, okay? That's what it takes to have a generational mindset and actually see the results of that. And so we're excited about that here at Northwood Church is that this is not just a church for one generation. This is a church for, you know, the, whether you're zero or 100, okay? Like the, the spectrum of age. Um, I love seeing young people and old people all sitting together in the same room, in the same place, uh, with the same purpose. And so, so it's an honor but to, to be a part of, of this church. But anyway, generational is the fifth thing that we are very intentional about. So that's kind of like a big overview of our values, our staff, kind of who we are. But here's the next question. So what are we doing? (laughs) Do you ever just sit back sometimes, maybe in your family, and you're like, what are we doing? Like, what's the point of the job or the the school or this? Kind of zoom out and reevaluate what it is that you're doing to make sure that your priorities are in line. Because if you don't do that, man, you'll be working on some really good things but they, not, but they might not be accomplishing uh, the goal. And so what are we doing as a church? Well, we are uh, carrying out the Great Commission, right? We're doing the Great Commission. That's, that's something that will, that mantle, that responsibility will never be removed from the body of Christ, from believers. So if you're a believer in this place, if you, if you say you believe in Jesus and man, you're all in, then this right here, this is sort of your purpose. At the end of the day, And I think that we lose sight of this because at times it almost becomes this imaginary reality. It's it's more imaginary than an actual reality that people today are dying and going to a place that they weren't created for called hell. And whenever we lose that sight as believers, we lose that urgency. There's a lot of other things that come into play that begin to remove purpose from us as believers and as a church. And we begin to, we begin to, to put our eyes on ourselves and on our circumstances and we forget, man, people are dying and going to hell. I was talking to all leadership meeting this past Wednesday night and, and I said, you know, guys, there's days that I don't really, honestly, just being transparent, I, I don't live life like people are going to hell. I don't think, I'm not thinking that way. And you know how I know? Because some days there's not an urgency in me 
to care. There's not compassion towards people. And so therefore I know that I'm missing something. And, and that's why I need to remember what Jesus said. This is what he said in Matthew 28. He came to them and he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. He's like, here's your purpose. Here's the great commission. That's what we call it. He says, now go, and I'm gonna be with you. And I really wish that Jesus would have given us step one, step two, step three, step four of how to do this exactly, right? Like stylistically and methodology, all this kind of stuff. But, but really what he did is he says, hey, he says, here's the why. And I'm gonna be with you to figure out the what and the how and all that kind of stuff. I, the, the Holy Spirit will guide you in all truth, but, but, but let him be a part of what's going on, okay? Don't forget and get all self-righteous you know, and doing things in your own might. Remember the things that I've taught you and commanded you to do. Now go. And God, by the way, this great commission, this is, man, look, all the Gentile nations need to hear about Jesus. And then the Bible says that at that point, God's gonna wrap this thing up. So uh, that's sort of also the point of what we're doing is we want Jesus to come back because that's his promise in the Bible is that he will come again. And some people have lost heart with that because they're like, man, it's been 2,000 years. Maybe, maybe he kind of forgot about us. But God's, God's, God's promises never fail. Okay, they don't fail. And so we lean into them. That's where faith comes in and trust comes in that we believe God's promises are true. And so that's what we're doing, y'all. We are, we are uh, uh, carrying out the Great Commission. And, uh, and the next thing that we're also doing is equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. So look, people are, are gonna come to know Christ. Okay, they're gonna believe in him, but they need to be equipped to go and be the church, to go and be the body of Christ. And so we equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Ephesians 4 says he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds or pastors and teachers. Uh, he gave them to equip the saints, that's all of us that are believers, for the work of ministry. That means as believers, we all gonna work, all right? We're gonna work and, and, and minister to people. But he says, for the building up of the body of Christ, all of this, every gift that's been given, these, these people, by the way, it's not just uh, uh, you know, focused on people who do this full time, that, that's who they are. We in here are prophets, evangelists, teachers. God has given gifts, uh, he's created us for these certain purposes to build up the body of Christ and to continue to advance his kingdom. And uh, so that's all of us, saints, all right? It's not the football team. Although every time I say saints, I'm having trouble not thinking about the football team. All right. But uh, <laughs> if you're not from around here, when the saints go like where they're at right now, pretty much everything stops. All right. Like, I mean, tonight or this afternoon, like people aren't going to be working in their jobs. They're just going to be watching their phones. And so that's just the way we do it. So anyway, but uh, building up the body of Christ, that's what we're doing. That's what, that's what we're doing right now which is carrying out our mission, which is helping people know God. We wanna help people know God. We wanna, we wanna uh, you know, help them, we, we don't make them. And I think this is a really big mindset, okay, for believers, especially if you've been in a church for a long time. Guys, look, 
we are at the core of us, we're, we're sinners, right? And we, we, we're all about selfishness and self-preservation. And, and so even in Christianity, as we are seeking God, did you know that deception and pride and other things can find their way into our lives? And so then we become what's called self-righteous, where we believe that our righteousness is somehow built on what we do. And that's where things get confusing because then we don't wanna help people know God, we wanna make them know God. You know what I'm saying? In our nation, we, we need to return back to our Christian values. And it's like, I don't know if that's true in the first place, but, but at the end of the day, people that don't know God will never act like they do. It's just part of the, part of the deal, y'all. I mean, so it's expect people like that. We're going to make them by doing something. To, it's, it's not even the way of Jesus. All right, and so, so we've got to really kind of bring it back and, and be stable in what we're trying to do, which is to help people know God, okay? God builds his church. He draws all men to himself. And uh, the way that we're going to continue to do this, our vision is to start more churches locally, globally. We really talked about that a lot last week, and, um, and that's what we're doing. We want to start more churches because we believe that four things that each person needs to experience is, is these four things. Number one, they need to know God. And I've said that a lot. They need to know God. They need to love God and love people. They need to have a vibrant relationship with, uh, with God, okay? Not just some religious routine, but an actual experience with, with God. They need to know God. Uh, lost people need to be saved. They need to be, receive salvation. Number two is that people need to find freedom. You need to find freedom. You can be saved and know God, but let me tell you something. You gotta deal with your yesterdays, your past. You've gotta keep on breaking loose of all these generational curses and whatever it is that's in your life, find freedom. In order for number three to happen, that you can discover purpose. This is not uh, some sort of just lingo that sounds good on a screen. Uh, recently, I was talking to a guy, and uh, man, we just had a great conversation. And, and in our conversation, he said this. He said, Jordan, I didn't know that God had a purpose for my life. I never, never know, grow, growing up in church. And he's like, I, I just, in, in that church, he just never heard that God had a purpose for his life. And he, I mean, tears streaming down his face. See, we get used to it as, as believers in church. A lot of times we get used to hearing God has a plan for you. And it almost just is like, oh, okay, what's next? Instead of realizing the God of creation, like the, of the universe <laughs> created all things. He knows me and sees me and he has gifted me and, and put a purpose in me, a calling in me. And he wants me to operate in that. Like my life matters. That's a big revelation for someone to have. Every day mattered. He said, he said you know, I, I felt like my job and my family, it really didn't tie into my relationship with God. It's just the way that I was taught. I just didn't, there was no connection there. It was just like Sunday's church day for the hour. And now I go and do my thing. He's like, wow, God actually wants to be involved in my everyday life. This is mind blowing. And uh, he's a personal Lord. He's a personal creator. All right, personal creator. So discover purpose. So number four can happen so we can make a difference. At the core of who we are, I also believe that we want to make a difference. We want our life to matter, y'all. Come on. I mean, as believers, eternally, we want our life to matter for eternity, but also we want our life to matter in, in, in what we're seeing day in and day out. Come on. Serving people is one of the best ways that you, you experience something so much, man, it's so just diametrically opposed to who we are as people, which is serving someone with no strings attached, 
like not wanting anything out of it, that goes against the core part of who we are sinful, as sinful people. Because we're all about, again, self-preservation and all this kind of stuff. So whenever we serve someone and we make a difference in somebody's life, somebody else's life, it's just this, it's something that, it's a wonderful part of Christianity and something that God instituted. He wants us to make a difference. And so how do we do that? We want to create environments where these things can take place, where these four things can take place. And these are some of the environments that we create. We create services. Uh, and I'm going to get into teams and, and all that, how we create services, all right? That's kind of a different way of saying it. But we create these environments. We have services. Look, today, I believe, I believe that during the worship today, some of you, God spoke directly to you, encouraged your faith, did a work in your life before anybody ever really said something. Why? Because it's an environment where you are at and you are getting to know your God personally. And, and sometimes that comes through somebody teaching and, and saying things. And sometimes it comes from just the body of Christ coming together where we stir one another up. Our faith encourages each other, right? Where the presence of God is at. Look, where the presence of God is, all right, which might sound a little strange to some of you, but where his presence is, his life is at, his freedom, his, the attributes of who God is, his characteristics, his joy, his peace, all of these things are in those environments. That's why it's so important for us to come together. It says we're two or more gathered, he's there, and we believe that God's everywhere at once, but there's just something special about whenever the body comes together that, uh, that God's in that, that mix. And so we wanna create environments where these things can happen, yeah. That's people that have experienced that, right? It's people that you know. It's like, man, drag myself in sometimes, but there's something powerful that takes place. But we want to create these environments, services, small groups. We believe in small groups here at Northwood Church where we're not just a church that shows up on Sundays and that's it. We believe in small groups where it's, it's smaller uh, groups of people that get together to know one another, to, to uh, encourage one another, to invest in each other. Um, this year, we're leaning into uh, really three different lanes. Um, one is freedom, which we've been doing for a very long time. It's, it's just an incredible group. I'd encourage you, if you haven't been through freedom, to uh, get into freedom starting in the second week in February. But also, we're starting uh, sermon-based groups, which is what we're going to talk about on Sunday. We're going to continue that conversation on into our small groups um, in February. February through May, we're going to be going through the book of Romans, which uh, I'm extremely excited about. And uh, we're going to walk through Romans. And this is what I think is going to take place, by the way, at the end of Romans. I think some of you are actually going to really get a deeper revelation of God's love for you, his grace for you, what justification is, what salvation is, uh, the process of sanctification, and all of these things that sometimes we sort of just like okay, I, I kind of got it, but I, I don't know if I, I believe that as we walk through Romans, clarity is going to, I mean, focus is going to happen with a lot of us. And uh, you know what it's going to do? It's going to cause you to love Jesus more. It's going to cause you to, to want to communicate the gospel to more people and reach more people with that message. It's a byproduct of, of knowing God. It just starts coming out of your life. So small groups, teams, every Sunday, what you see happen it gets done by teams, y'all. Without teams, without people that are volunteering to support what's going on, uh, nothing would happen. The team that you saw up here, actually, I think today, I might have been the only person that's actually uh, gets a paycheck. Everybody else is people who consistently are faithful to do it. Why? Because they believe in their, their gifting, that God's given that gifting, and they are submitting it consistently back to his body for the for the building up of the body of Christ. Were y'all built up this morning during worship? Come on. That moment where there's, there's, a, there's a faith that comes in and man, it's just, 
that's because people are serving. People have been serving on the worship teams since the Old Testament, way back in the day. They just didn't have electricity yet, okay? <laughs> they had cymbals. They probably didn't sound that good either. They're probably just really clangy, like pots, just, you know. Anyway, kind of a random offshoot there, but let's get back to this thing. Teams, come on, people consistently serving. And, uh, and also we have some classes, different uh, environments where people can continue to grow in their faith. And um, here's the deal. I, I do want to say this right here. As a church, we don't do a lot of things. You're looking up there, you're like, okay, so what else? <laughs> That's what we do. Here's the deal, guys. You can get very distracted by just, again, attaching barnacles to the ship and just stacking things and stacking to, to feel like you're doing something. This is our heart at this church, is to do a few things that matter very well, put all our eggs in a couple of baskets that we believe are gonna produce the greatest result for you, for all of us, the saints, to go and be Christians, Christ followers, to go and be disciples and make other disciples. Here's the deal. I don't really desire for people at Northwood Church to be at church five days a week, six days a week, always doing something. How about this? Why don't we come together, grow in our faith, grow in our understanding of who God is, encourage one another, and then go out into our community and be involved in our community. Like your kids at soccer practice, right? Like you're, you're missionally minded so you don't sit in the car, unless it's super cold and you sit in the car, okay? But, but you know, you go out and you rub shoulders with some other parents, why? Because you realize, hey, this is what I'm created for, to be out, to be among people who don't know God, and I do, and I'm an ambassador for him. I'm representing him out here right now. This is what this looks like. Christianity does not look like getting all huddled up inside of a church, and that's it. We need both, all right? I fully believe that the body of Christ should come together. The Bible talks about it. It's a pattern that's, that's, that God inst instituted, right? So it matters, but it also matters that we go at the same time. And so we got small groups, we have services, we have prayer meetings once a month on Wednesday nights, we, we, right? We have some things and that's what we would wanna be involved in because we believe that those things are gonna grow us as people and also gives us honestly margin in our life to go and be. So if you're wondering, why don't we do that? <laughs> this is why. Well, why don't we do this at this time and da-da-da-da-da? Well, my old church used to, <laughs> that's great. Nothing, nothing's wrong with it. I'm not saying that. Again, we never, we're not ripping somebody else. We're just saying this is our heart here. And so this is what we do, man, because we believe that, that uh, people need to experience these four things. And so that's how the, the environments that we create. So the last question is this, how, how can you be a part? This is the last part of the message. How can you be a part? First off, I believe, I believe that every person needs to be a part. Every believer needs to be a part. If you're a believer in Jesus, you are therefore in the body of Christ. Whenever you read the Bible and it says body of Christ, you're a part of the family of God. You're grafted in, come on. And so, so in that, we all have a part to play. Romans 12 says this, for just as each of us has one body with many members and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. First thing I wanna let you know is that, that you matter, that you have value. If the enemy has been, or you have this thought process that says like, I really don't have much to bring to the table in the body of Christ, that is a lie from the enemy 
based upon verses like this, okay? So, so if you've been feeling that or just you feel like you're just, oh, well, I'm just a quiet person. So I just, I kind of just always sit to the back and I don't, I don't really engage because, you know, there's other people that are so much better. That's a lie. Don't believe that. Don't give in to that. Like God has done great things in each of us and he's doing great things in each of us. Some of you are also waiting to, for a point in your life where you feel that, that you are somehow acceptable in God's sight before you can begin to serve in his kingdom. If you're a believer, come on, you're ready. If you think that everybody sitting around you is like got it all together, you're totally mistaken. If you think that I have it all together, that's a lie, okay? We're people, we're humans, and, and we're working things out. Guys, look, we are made righteous by what Jesus has done and our belief in that, our faith in that. But look, the second thing, our conduct is all over the place. That's why we need Jesus. That's why we need his grace to continue to work in us to make us more like him, right? That's what this thing is about. And so, so how can I be a member, all right? Let, let's go to membership of Northwood Church because some people are like, how can I be a member here at Northwood? Look, we don't do like a, a letter or some sort of rite of passage. I don't know. We don't, we don't really get into all of that. Um, so the way that we look at it is very simple. We look at membership like ownership. What, is it, what do owners do? What do people, they contribute. They don't just consume. When I go to a restaurant, I am not much of a contributor other than my money because I want good food. And if I don't get good food, I might not give as much money, right? You know, like I want 25% off or something. Uh, that's consumerism. And that's good for some things. It is horrible inside the walls of the church. And as far as the body of Christ, it's, it's, it's horrible. It, it damages what's going on. Imagine in your own family, if you just showed up just to consume and never to, to give. If you're in a marriage, if you don't contribute, that marriage is gonna fall apart, right? You're just consuming. It's just about, it's selfishness. It's really what it is. It's selfishness. And, uh, and we like to be served, but in the church, God does a 180 and he's like, nah, it's not about you being served, it's about serving. And so we look at membership like ownership. And so what does it mean to be an active member at Northwood Church? What does it look like? And I wanna, I wanna preface this by saying everything that's about to be listed is not to be put on you. I don't want you to feel like it's being put on you in a negative way that says, here's the standard and you know what I'm saying? Like all of this, these are things that we believe in, okay, as a church, again, if we don't believe in what we're doing, we need to stop it. We need to seek God and say, God, what matters? And then do that, okay? So, so we believe that what we do, it matters. And therefore, we believe that if people uh, are, are a member of Northwood Church, they're involved in these things. Number one is that we would love God and love people, right? Very simple, but kind of a big deal, <laughs> We would love God and love people and continue to grow in that and our understanding of who God is and then love people because the Bible says that they're really, they're really close and they're really the same, right? You, you can't love God and not love people. It's just, it doesn't work like that. And so, so that's what a member at Northwood Church looks like. Number two is that a member at Northwood Church faithfully attends services. Guys, look, <laughs> if you're on a softball team and you never show up, you're not on the softball team. It's just, that's just the way it is. They're not going to put you on the roster. Why? Because you're not there. So, um, so as a church, if you don't show up, well, you're kind of like the other 8,000 people in South Mississippi that say, yeah, I go to Northwood, <laughs> but they don't like, oh, who's the pastor? 
I don't know. I'm gonna be honest. I haven't been there in five years. <laughs> you know, like, you don't go. To, you're not a member at Northwood Church, right? You might say it, but it's not really carrying out. But but we really believe people just show up, continue to show up, right? Faithfully attend. Number three, we believe in small groups, and so therefore we believe each member should be a part of a small group. Now here's the deal. This is where it starts getting a little bit like check things off the list, right? Because uh, we believe in small groups, and I believe that if some of you would get in a small group this coming uh, semester, you would really experience the value of it firsthand. Um, but when it comes to this, some people, they kind of get to a place where it's like, oh, I can't make it every week because of my work, vacation, this or that. And so what, what they do is they just kind of get out of it all together. Like, well, if I can't show up every week, then I can't show up. Can I go ahead and eradicate that thinking out of your mind? Um, now in freedom, it's curriculum-based. It, there is a scope and sequence to it. In that scenario, yeah, if you miss too many, you just need to go ahead and just wait for the next go around, okay? There's a little bit difference there. But when it comes to sermon-based groups, which is what I was describing earlier, and man, if you miss a week, show up next week. The point of what we're doing is that people would come together and pray for one another and, and invest in one another and go through the word of God together and grow in their faith together, not mark something off an attendance sheet. Like, that's not our heart, all right? So I wanna, I wanna help you in that. Uh, don't be condemned. Oh, I missed three weeks. No. Um, I mean, let it matter to you, but at the same time, don't let it become this. Again, everything becomes religious, y'all. Everything becomes routine and checking things off the list whenever we should, we should know the why and engage in it. But we believe in small groups, and so we believe that active members are part of a small group. Number three, number four is that active members generously give, supporting, uh, supporting what, what's going on with money. And here's the deal. Um, we don't talk a lot about money. Um, we probably should because Jesus talked about money a lot because money, the way that we spend our money, does, it does illustrate a lot about where our heart's at. It does. And if you don't believe me, just go start reading the Bible and I'll just let that do the work. Okay, just go read because it matters. It does. It shows something. And so, but anyway, giving is, a, is an act of worship. That's how we look at it. I've given my whole life, <laughs> literally, when I started getting allowance, I just started giving and I've just consistently gave. And, um, and you know what? At the end of the day, it's, it's not whether my finances are looking good or bad. It's based upon a truth, a principle that I live by based upon the word of God. And so anyway, we believe that, that members generously give. And then also, number five, we believe that, that members uh, are on a team. All right, they join a team. And, and uh, I'll kind of lean into that in a second. But here's the five things. But again, it's the, it's the why behind it. It's not just the what. And so at this point, a lot of people, you know, it's like, well, I'm, I'm doing these three. I'm not doing these to or, or, or maybe I just can't at this moment be a part of that. That's where I don't want you to feel condemnation. I don't want you to have this, this heaviness upon you. Although it, it matters, all I could do is say, hey, look, this is what we do. This is why it matters. Here's the why behind it. But as far as how it plays out, guys, sometimes we're in seasons of life where we just can't give as much as others. And that's a reality in our lives. And so here's the deal. Do what you can, be involved in where you can. And yes, at times it will be sacrificial, all right? Today, let me tell you something. Everybody that served in the worship team, the people that are back in the production booth, all three locations, um, I'm sure that a few of them didn't feel like getting up, dragging themselves here on time. You know, just, here we go, we're doing it again, right? You kinda, yeah, sometimes it's a sacrifice. But when you believe in it, right? When you believe in something, your actions follow, okay? So, so that's, that's, what we, that's why we do these things, all right? Now, here's the deal. I've said a lot of information in the last 30, 40 minutes, and 
But I wanna share with you a story because I believe that sometimes we get the information, but we need to see what does this look like in somebody's life? How does this play out? And so I got a story from Dorothy Wilson that I wanna share with you right now. Let's go ahead and watch that together. Growing up, I lived in a really small rural community. We lived in this clapboard house that was in the middle of a field. We didn't have any running water. We had a two-holer bathroom outside. And um, as a, a really young girl, I felt really special. Uh, because everybody in the community saw me as as uh, being this sweet little girl, but there was a monster in the house. My dad was fine uh, Monday through Thursday, but he'd get paid and then he'd start drinking. He could be very violent uh, when he drank. Many, many times I'd wake up in the middle of the night and I would hear my mom pleading for her life. I remember running through the woods uh, and hearing him firing shots. Most of my siblings would uh, run away. Um, I was eight years old. And so it was as though um, I had tape on my mouth. It was like my hands were tied behind my back. It was me, my middle sister Pearl, and my brother JP, who was two years uh, older than me. Out of six children, we were the only ones who were left at home when my mom finally left. As I grew up, uh, I really became uh, this overachiever, uh, very, very determined. Graduated from college, started my first job, got married. I had a perfect little life, great husband, two kids. And um, I started asking this question, is the rest of my life just going to be this? There has to be more to life than this. And in my questioning of that, I began to seek God and ended up getting saved. And I remember God just began to show me the depth of the hurt, the pain, and the bitterness that was on the inside of me. And I remember reading in Psalms one day where it says that you're the apple of my eye. I just lost it. For the very first time, I had a view of what a father could feel for a daughter. Maybe a couple of years after I came to Northwood, Miss Jan, she asked me if I would teach one of the sessions at a Freedom Weekend. I remember starting out talking about the reason the women had to forgive, and I remember saying something like, you may think that this doesn't apply to you because of what was done to you. You think it was so horrific that you're justified in not forgiving. And I said, well, let me share my story with you. And I remember the last thing that I said was talking about how my brother and I would watch for my dad to come home. There was a winding dirt road with a hairpin turn that came up to the house. And if daddy overswung that curve or if there was dirt billowing, we knew we better run. It was like we were waiting for the other shoe to fall. And I began to walk back to my seat. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you're still waiting for the other shoe to fall. Walking toward freedom has been a process. Uh, there was deep, deep pain, deep hurt, deep unforgiveness, and God measured out those steps with me. I couldn't make a difference as a little girl when I felt like my mouth was taped and my hands were tied, but the Word has set me free. And so when I look back over all of the things that I went through, I don't look at it with a negative, I look at it as, you know, God, thank you that you brought me out of that. But even more so, thank you for putting in me this desire to see other people healed. 
see that this cycle of it, a, a person whose life is changed, right? I mean, I think some of you probably found yourself in her story. You're like, that's actually, that's exactly what my family sounds like, you know? And, and uh, but she comes out of this place and, and then she meets Jesus. Jesus changes her life. She begins to serve. She begins to, to this, is, this is a huge point right here, guys. Waiting till you feel like you're ready before you begin to do and, 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 and carry out the call that God has upon your life. How many years was it from the point that Miss Dorothy began to follow Jesus to where she ends up, she's teaching people and God is still healing her? Man, that, that statement of justified but not forgiven, I feel like you're justified but not forgiven. I believe that there's for so many people that are living today. They believe in Jesus, but they've, 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 they've gotten really twisted up into this whole conduct-driven Christianity, and they think that, you know, God loves them more one day than another. So they, they feel like they're, I'm right with God, but I, I don't know, I feel like God just doesn't love me sometimes based upon what I do. And, and it's like, you're forgiven. Justified, you're justified by the righteousness of Jesus not your own. And it takes this weight off. It takes this pressure off to perform, but yet you just submit to God's grace. And then he begins to heal the deepest parts of your life. It's so important that we realize that. Today, I believe that some of you, you need to realize that. You've been working towards God. You've been trying to get to him through your actions and your conduct, and you've missed the whole entire point of why Jesus came, which is the fact, number one, that you, you fell short a long time ago. You were born into sin and there's nothing you could do about it. He sent Jesus to make a way where there's absolutely none to redeem you by faith, by his grace. And then he sets you free. And then you begin to live a life where you begin to work out your salvation and fear and trembling, and it's a process. But at that point, you're a child of God and he loves you and he's with you and he's walking with you. And at times there's discipline, come on. There's instruction, right? But it's through love, it's through love. And some of y'all have never experienced that. You don't understand that it's foreign to you, but today God wants to reveal that to you. And so I just wanna pray with you. I wanna pray with you, give you an opportunity in this moment to say yes to follow Jesus, to say yes to trust by faith in what Jesus did for you and allow him to, to, to pull out that, that nature of sin and to, to change it. The Bible talked about exchanging a heart of stone for a heart of flesh. He wants to change your life. Come on, let's all bow our heads and close our eyes. And if you're in this place today, you know that you don't know God. You know that you're, you're far from him. Maybe you're also in this place and it's just been a long time. You're dry. You know that you've been going through the motions, but it's not, it's not real. It's just religion. And today you wanna say yes to Jesus. Re recommit, recenter your life on him. Just pray a prayer like this. Say, God, I'm before you right now, humble and broken. I realize that anything that I have to offer still falls short of the goodness and, and the righteousness that you have and are. And so God, right now, I, I surrender my life to you, all that I am, the failures, the successes. And God, I pray that you would change my heart. 
God, I repent. I turn from my way of thinking. I identify it right now as wrong. And so God, I choose to align myself with you. So God, by your grace and your power, would you continue to change me from this moment forward more into your image, into your likeness? God, let me represent you well. Let me step out from this place as a representative and ambassador of your kingdom and of your goodness and of your gospel. God, as a whole church today, Father, I pray that you begin to raise our eyes, raise our hearts up to a new level, a new level of compassion, a new level of, of really carrying out what it is you have for us to do. God, let us not be lackadaisical and lazy and complacent and isolate ourselves, but God, continue to stir our hearts. God, I thank you for this church. Thank you for the people here. I pray that you bless them. God, everything that we put our hands to, that it will prosper. Father, protect us as we go out from the enemy that would seek to kill and steal and destroy and, and, and steal the, the word out of our hearts and, and trample upon the seed of the gospel. But God, let us continually be reminded of your goodness, reminded of your grace, that we are walking by faith, not by sight. Empower us in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Northwood Church is one church with multiple locations. Uh, we have locations in Gulfport, Wiggins, and in Long Beach, and we'd love to see you there. If you enjoyed this message and want to get more info on who we are, just head over to northwood.tv. Uh, once you're there, you can check out all of our past sermons and all the things we're doing in South Mississippi and even give to support those efforts of reaching more people. Be sure to connect with us on social media to stay up to date with everything happening around Northwood Church. And uh, look, thanks for watching. We hope to see you soon.